I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 27, The Promises Shall Be Fulfilled, studying Doctrine and Covenants, section 45. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. Alrighty. I feel like I start all my podcasts with alrighty. Alrighty then. <laughs> That's from a movie. I, I can't even, I don't even know what it is though. That's okay. So let's talk about the nature of God and Christ. God always keeps his promises, right? There are multiple, multiple verses throughout uh, section 45 that talk about this. Verse 9, verses 26 and 27, 32, 33, 39 through 45. 48 through 50, 55, 63, 64, 69, 70. There's a bunch. I'm going to read one specifically. Uh, Verse 35 says, Be not troubled, for when all these things shall come to pass, ye may know that the promises which have been made unto you shall be fulfilled. Now, why is it so important to know that God keeps his promises? Well, in the Come Follow Me, It says, yes, there is wickedness, but there's also evidence that God is hastening his work. Yes, there are perils predicted to precede the second coming, and we should be aware of them. But these aren't just warnings of danger. They're also signs that God's promises are about to be fulfilled. And here I would like to add that they're not just signs that God's promises are about to be fulfilled, but they are also signs that God's promises are being fulfilled, right? Um, Sometimes we see all the scary things in the world and Satan tries to convince us that God's abandoned us right? That he's just left us to fend for ourselves. How could, how could he allow such wickedness to exist if he was such a loving and merciful God? Well, it turns out that the truth is that God through his prophets has told us repeatedly that these will be signs of the times, right? He's told us the, this is what's going to happen. Wars, rumors of wars, the whole earth in commotion, men's hearts will fail them, the love of men will wax cold, iniquity will abound, earthquakes in diverse places, many desolations, signs and wonders, blood, fire, vapors of smoke, so, so, so much stuff, right? So all of this sounds big, it sounds scary, it sounds very heavy and scary, um, until we remember that God has promised us other things as well, right? And so if all this scary stuff is going to happen, all the good stuff is going to happen too. Disciples shall stand in holy places and be not moved. They shall look for me and behold, I will come clothed with power and great glory with all holy angels. Satan will be bound with no place in the hearts of men. The wicked will fear to fight Zion, right? How cool will that be? Um, So I think it's important to keep in mind that sometimes I think we look at the big scary things and we think, oh, well, this means that God isn't here. He didn't show up or he's abandoned us, right? Um, Whereas the reality is that, like I said before, this is actually a sign that he is paying attention, that the plan is going exactly the way that he said it was going to, right? The prophets of old looked into the future. They looked into our times and they saw 
are times right now and they're like, there's a lot of wickedness going on. But I also believe there's a lot of good going on too. Um, the other thing that keep in mind is that our brains, our puny human brains, are designed to keep us alive, right? And so bad is always going to be more important than good. Um, I remember reading about an example of this where a math teacher wrote down the nine times table on, um, on her, on her board. Right. And so she wrote nine times one is nine, nine times two is 18, nine times three is 27, you know, and then one of them, she wrote down the wrong answer. She wrote 10 of the right answer. She had 10 problems. Nine of them she wrote correctly. One of them she wrote wrong. And everybody was like, miss, you got this one wrong. And she was, it's interesting how I did it right nine times. Nine times I did it right. But you guys are all focusing on the one time I messed up. And I think our brains are programmed to do that because, you know, our brains were designed to survive in a time where if you walked into the high grass, you got eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Um, and so it's important to pay attention to the negative things to keep us alive. But it can be a scary place to live if the only thing we ever focus on is the negative. Um, and so I think it's also important to recognize that there's a lot of really, really good things that are happening. I mean, in the last general conference, what was it like 20 temples were announced, like 20 temples were announced. I think when president Nelson was born, I don't think there were 20 active temples. Um, so the fact that he announced 20 temples in one general conference is just mind blowing. I think I was talking to my brother-in-law about it. And he said, as far as he knows, um, there was only one other time in general conference where more temples were announced. It was Gordon B. Hinckley and he announced like 30 something temples. Um, so this past, uh, April, 2021 general conference when president Nelson announced 20 temples was the second most amount of temples announced at one time. And so we have really good things happening, but our brains tend to focus on all the negative things, which can make it feel like the world is big and scary and heavy. Um, and it can be, it definitely can be. Um, but I think we tend to focus there more often than we probably need to. And so that's why I wanted to bring attention to the promises that God gives us on the other side of things that are not quite so scary and that are a little more, that feel a little bit better. Um, I'm also going to read uh, Doctrine and Covenants 29 verse 5, I feel like is a really good one. He says, lift up your hearts and be glad for I am in your midst and am your advocate with the father. And it is good, his goodwill to give you his kingdom or give you the kingdom, right? So that's Christ speaking to us, letting us know that he's with us. He is with us. So we should lift up our hearts because he is our advocate. Um, fun fact, the word for lawyer, avocat, and the word for avocado in, I believe, French and Spanish. So the word for lawyer or advocate, right? And the word for avocado is exactly the same word. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, um, so let's talk about the plan of salvation for a second. So God asks us to work for our personal revelation, right? We're not, we're not going to be able to just be like, Hey, I need to know this thing. And then just poof, we get it right. We, even when looking with Joseph Smith, 
he did a lot of studying. He did a lot of studying. He was very, very familiar with scriptures. Um, it was while he was reading the scriptures, searching for answers that he got the prompting, right, to pray that he read, what is it, John 1, 5, where it says, ask, um, um, if, if you lack wisdom, let him, if a man lacketh wisdom, let him ask of God, um, which give liberally and upbraideth not. I might've butchered that a little bit, but you get the general idea, right? Um, it was while he was reading the scriptures. I don't know if you can hear it or not. My cat is trying to get inside. So she's not going to be allowed in here because she's messy and a cat and she's very loud, but I'm letting you know if you can hear random scratching noises, it's my cat. So um, God asks us to work for our personal revelation. So one of the talks that the Come Follow Me recommends reading is Revelation for the Church, Revelation for Our Times by President Nelson from April 2018. This is, if I remember right, the very first talk he gave in General Conference after he became the prophet, after he became the president of the church, after um, President Monson passed away. This is the talk that President Nelson gave. And if you have not read it, in a while, I highly, highly recommend going and reading it. I read it every cup. It seems like it's one that's referenced a lot in this past, in this year's um, Come Follow Me. I've read it several times already. And every single time I read it, I'm like, oh, this is so good. Like I needed this. I needed this every single time. So I highly recommend you go read it or you listen to it while you're washing dishes or folding clothes or something. Okay, so he says, because I know that good inspiration is based on good information, I prayerfully met one-on-one -on -one with each apostle. I then sequestered myself in a private room in the temple and sought the Lord's will. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Um, we're asked to work for our personal revelation, right? Like I said. I love that he, he did the work and I love this good inspiration is based on good information. And so I feel like when we are active in our scripture reading, when we're consistent in our scripture reading, when, um, we're consistent in making sure that the kind of music that we're listening to, the kind of media we're taking in, in our homes, um, specifically, you know, in our me time, <laughs> when we don't have the kids around too, um, that all of that is good things that are filling us, um, with good language. For me, I, there are certain shows, certain movies. Okay. This happens the most with Shakespeare. I know this sounds crazy. Um, I took a Shakespeare class in college. I studied, I read Shakespeare for a variety of classes, but I took one class that where all we did was read Shakespeare. Like that was the only thing we studied. I loved it. But what was really funny is my brain, because the way that you read Shakespeare is kind of the way you read the scriptures. If you're not doing it regularly, you're not going to understand a lot of what's going on. It's really easy to understand, but you kind of got your, get, got to get your brain into that mode. Um, I highly recommend when it comes to Shakespeare anyway, watching a play because that will help you get your brain into that mode faster than just reading it or reading it aloud will also help. Anyway, my point is, um, in that semester, when I was taking the Shakespeare class, I found that my brain reverted into Shakespeare, like the language. And I thought in iambic pentameter, it was hilarious. It was so funny. Um, it, it was weird, but my brain, as I suspect many people's will adapt and will 
use the things that I'm putting into it to create an output. Um, so I have to be careful. I have to be really careful about what I read. I've got a friend who does a um, book club and there's been so many times where I really, I love book club. I love the idea of book club. Like I said, I was an English major. I could read books all day long. Um, in fact, I have done that in the past, but I have to be careful about what I read. It says specifically in my patriarchal blessing to, um, make sure I am reading good books. And so in my major, there were several times I had to read the book that was assigned to us by the professor. And while it wasn't necessarily a bad book, it might've just been one that was really heavy and dealt with things that were really hard. Um, there's one book specifically I can think of, um, beloved by Toni Morrison. That one was really hard for me to read because um, it deals with some really hard, heavy things. And I didn't feel good after I was done reading it. I wrote a paper on it, but I never felt good after reading it because um, it was just, it was, it was not humanity at its best. It was, it was ma uh, humanity making some pretty horrible decisions. Um, and there are several books like that. And so when it became turn, when it became time for me to be able to choose what I read and what I don't read, there are some times where my friend will do book club where I read the book like we did Little Women and I loved it. Um, and then this month, I forget what she's reading, but I remember looking up, um, I looked up the premise for the story and it seemed okay. And then I just read like, you can go onto Kindle and like get a sample of the book. And like, so they send you like the first chapter and I read a little ways into it and I, I bumped into some things I didn't like. And I was like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to do book club this month. Um, and it might seem prudish, but I know my brain and my brain will take things, whatever I put in and it will create an output. Um, and so there's another, there's a show I love to watch. Um, and I have to kind of take it in bits and pieces uh, deadliest catch. I just, it's my guilty pleasure. I don't know. I can't explain what it is about the show that I love it, but they're fishermen. So their language, not the greatest. And they do discovery channel does their best to bleep out a bunch of stuff. Um, but I can only watch it a little bit because my, the input will start to turn into an output. Now it doesn't mean that I just start like swearing like a sailor, but my brain becomes incredibly, more of an unclean place to live. Um, and so this is what I'm talking about is when you're in the scriptures regularly, right? Then you can understand the Lord when he's speaking to you, right? Because the, the scriptures, the book of Mormon is the word of God. So if we want to understand the word of God, we have to be familiar with the word of God, right? Okay. So let's talk about something here that is the word of God. Um, this is something that I was thinking about specifically. So one of the scriptures, a couple of the scriptures, uh, come follow me recommends, um, a couple of the scriptures come follow me recommends reading is Doctrine and Covenants section 115 verses five and six. I'm going to read verse five and then also Matthew, um, 25 verses. And then it's like, it's the entire story of the parable of the 10 virgins, I'm going to read specifically verse seven. Okay. So Doctrine and Covenants, uh, 115 verse five first, verily I say unto you all arise and shine forth that thy light may be a standard for the nations. Okay. 
Arise and shine forth that thy light may be a standard for the nations. That's the part I want to focus on. Now we're going to jump over to Matthew um, chapter 25, verse 7. He says, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, why did I pick these two verses? What do they even have to do with each other? Well, if you know, if you've ever had a lamp or a candle, um, if you ever have to work in a lighthouse, I don't know many people that have. I've studied it because I study random stuff. Um, but you can't leave the wick too high on a candle. You can't leave the wick too high on back in the old days when lighthouses weren't electric and you actually use like a giant candle, essentially a giant light. You had to trim the wick because if you didn't trim the wick, the light would become smoky and it would become, um, like messy, like it wouldn't be a clear light. So if you want to arise and shine forth so that your light may be a standard, you have to trim your wick. You have to make sure that you're consistent and you're constantly trimming the wick because as the candle burns down, the wick grows longer, right? And so every time you trim it, then you have a clean flame that's bright, easy to see, and is not um, super smoky because of all that extra wick. Okay, so that's like that, this is what I'm talking about. We're being becoming familiar with the scriptures and becoming familiar with the metaphors because um, Heavenly Father and Christ use a lot of the same metaphors over and over and over and over again. And if you're familiar with them in Doctrine and Covenants, then you'll be familiar with them when they're reused in the Book of Mormon and in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The um, image of a candle being a light, right? And then us being like that light is used over and over and over again. Um, and so that's what I'm talking about, why we need to be regular in our scripture study and really trying to understand it. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on was this. So why? Why is it so important that we have um, personal revelation? Well, um, because, okay, so we're back in a revelation for our times by, um, a revelation for the church revelation for our times by president Nelson. He says through personal revelation, you can receive your own witness that the book of Mormon is the word of God, that Joseph Smith is a prophet and that this is the Lord's church, regardless of what others may say or do. No one can ever take away a witness born to your heart and mind about what is true. He also says in the coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. And um, I just want to add to this. Um, we were talking about it in Relief Society today. Um, somebody quoted Hank Smith. And if you don't know who Hank Smith is, I highly recommend you go follow him on Instagram or Twitter, or Facebook. I don't know. Pick your favorite social media. He's on all of them. Um, and he's, he's really fun. I really enjoy listening to him, but he said something to this effect of someone with an experience is never at the mercy of someone with an opinion. Um, this struck me particularly today. I was thinking about um, when my parents left the church, how if I hadn't had a variety of um, experiences prior to my parents informing the informing me that they were going to leave the church, it would have it could it could have gone very differently for me. Um, but I had had experiences that made it impossible 
for me to deny what I knew. Um, it made it impossible for me to, to follow in their footsteps because I knew from my own personal experiences that God knows who I am, that Christ is aware of Donica Contour and her struggles and everything about who I am and what I am. And he, he knows me, he just knows me. And I could not deny that. I couldn't deny it even a little bit. And so even though my parents had had a change of heart and a change of opinion, and even though they were going through their own things, it didn't affect me in the same way that it could have if I did not have those experiences. Um, so let's talk application really quick because I've been a chatty Kathy this particular episode. Um, let's talk about application. Review your covenants. You know, it's been a long time since I was eight years old. You know, let's, let's go back and review those baptismal covenants. What did you promise? What did God promise? We know that God keeps his promises if we do our part. So make sure that you're doing your part. Um, and then do your research, right? We talked about how if you want to um, have personal revelation, you need to, again, do your part. And um, the last thing I want to leave with is um, in, again, President Nelson says, in like manner, what will your seeking open for you? What wisdom do you lack? What do you feel an urgent need to know or understand? So if you're not sure what kind of revelation you're needing, think about these questions. Um, and I highly recommend, again, going and reading Revelation for the church, Revelation for our church, Revelation for our lives. Um, it's in the April 2018 General Conference. Um, and it it was it's a good one, I'm telling you. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh, this is so good. So go do that. And also the other thing it said in the come follow me that I wanted to add really fast is how can we make our homes holy places? That is the question I specifically am going to be thinking about this week on this longer episode. Um, and I will talk to you next week.